The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, say good morning to Lindsay Broadhead, Strategic Communications and Public Affairs Advisor. Bob Reed is principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy behind Touchdowns and Fumbles. And Tamara Cherry with Pickup Communications, also newly published nonfiction author. Good morning, everybody. And obviously, we start with the big story of the day. I'll let you folks take it in any direction because there's so many angles to it. But... um, Canadians are digesting David Johnson's inquiry into Chinese interference in two elections. And Bob Reed, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, when I say digesting, some people are getting reflux. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's, uh, it is it is unsatisfying to a significant degree. I mean, there are legitimate challenges when you're trying to look into really secret stuff uh, in any kind of, of public way. And essentially, that's that's what he said that, you know, look, I, I'm I'm not recommending a full public inquiry because everything would have to be so heavily redacted, so heavily censored that we wouldn't really be able to get to all the pertinent details in a public forum. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I, I think there's legitimacy to that. But the flip side of that is it leaves people sitting around. So, okay, so we just have to take your word for it. Then you read all the stuff you looked into everything and you're saying, yeah, I'm satisfied that the Chinese tried, but they didn't mess around with our election results. So we're good. There's some stuff we need to fix going forward. And so now let's, let's look at that. I think he's doing sort of all that he can, but the problem is from the public standpoint, it's not satisfying enough. We don't get a sense that uh, that this guy's word and this guy's very credible is is somehow enough. And I think that was the flaw at the outset, that they put all the eggs in the David Johnson basket. If, if we had had some kind of review that included members of all parties and they unanimously said, yeah, we're all in agreement, we've all looked at the secret stuff, we're all good, I think people would feel a lot better about things. Yeah, Tamara Cherry, I guess the problem would be the overwhelming majority of Canadians don't know David Johnston, so they don't know he is of unimpeachable character, so they're not buying what they think he's selling on Justin's behalf. Well, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the the crux of the problem. I actually think that um, Pierre Poiliev might be you know, not might be, I think he's being very childish in, in some of the things he's using to go after Johnston on this. I think that uh, David Johnston's own words yesterday uh, made it very clear that, you know, there's a lot more to be learned. Like, like, for example, the fact that the picture remains cloudy, um, like he, him saying that the picture remains cloudy shows us that, uh, us that he didn't learn enough and and we do need to go another route. So I would like for Pierre Poliev to stop going after him as the quote unquote ski buddy. I think that Mr. Johnston's reputation and his own words yesterday um, have done a, a good job in defending himself against any, um, you know, perceived bias. But listen, there's there's so much that still needs to be answered. I think that Bob was bang on. I completely agree with him. If if we would have all parties kind of come together and say, oh, no, we don't need it. It, it might be different. But there there's so much from what we learned from Mr. Johnston's report that shows us that there's there's so much left to learn. And even if we do have something that is heavily redacted, um, I think it was John Ibbotson in, in the Globe and Mail yesterday that pointed out the fact that, you know, we've we've had 
commissions in the past that have very highly sensitive matters, you know, with Air India, uh, with the Mayor Arar uh, inquiries, that lots of it was redacted, but we still got valuable reports from those. So I, I, yeah, I just, we, we need more. Pierre Poiliev, he has a real opportunity here to get people on board and carry this rate to the next election. But I think that he needs to stop just playing to his his core group in, in calling Mr. Johnson, um, you know, a ski buddy. Uh, Lindsay Broadhead, your thoughts. I, I agree with both my colleagues. I just frame it slightly different. I, I think they both knocked it out of the park. I'm probably amongst the few who is satisfied with uh, Johnson's summary. Uh, I think if you listen to his interview, he's, I think, quite compelling about his rationale for why a public inquiry would uh, be toothless um, and and why, you know, the way that he's proceeding uh, makes sense. So I, I'm actually very satisfied. My challenge is that I thought, um, you know, his role as rapporteur, um, and I know that you love the word, so that's for you, John, um, it, it, it was... It was too late from the get-go. He he was given a dead dog task from the get-go. I never thought that anything that would come from this would shine a light for all the reasons that he said. You know, I, I, I think this is a conclusion we all naturally assumed would come to play. Um, the challenge for me is what can we do right? Well, not we. What can the government of Canada do to communicate to the public about such a fundamental issue as our security um, in a way that is more compelling and transparent without having to go through redacted documents? There is a way, um, and there is a way that unites the country rather than divides us. And, uh, you know, that for me is the the crux of this matter and where I hope they they start to go down that path. An interesting thought experiment, and we don't have to play it right now, but would be to ask the question, who would be the right person to investigate all of this stuff? Because, you know, David Johnston has been framed as Trudeau's cottage buddy and ski buddy and uh, member of the Trudeau Foundation. Uh, so I I can't think of like a Supreme Court justice who wouldn't be impeached on some terms. Uh, you know, it would just go on and on. This uh, means of attack and insisting this person is doing a whitewash. But listen, let's keep moving. Lots of other things to talk about. Um, the top mayoral candidates in Toronto are going to debate three times today. And uh, Lindsay, let me start with you. Do you think these debates actually make a difference? Because everybody's sideman runs out immediately after the debate and says, my candidate won. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I was, I was just talking um, to Joe before the show last last time. It certainly mattered because there was just one that the Toronto Region Board of Trade hosted. This time there's many. Why it matters is because it's very stakeholder focused. Um, uh, so each of these uh, contests uh, is directed towards a certain group and, and they will find out about it. So if you're interested in housing, in, if you're interested in business, you know, food insecurity, et cetera. So that matters. It's also, um, and this is true of every debate, they're clippable, right? And Brad Bradford's team has been doing this a lot, clipping the moments that um, matter. And we saw this with clips they did of Olivia Chow. 
Um, and also there's some candidates like Olivia Chow, actually, who haven't been speaking as much. So, um, you know, will that go to her benefit or detriment, uh, bearing in mind her current lead? So they do matter, but because there's so many, that there won't be a single one that matters. Bob Reed, you've prepared candidates for debates. I was talking with one of the mayoral candidates yesterday, and I just sort of my impression was I can't imagine having to do three debates in one day. It's exhausting. That's exhausting. The total number of debates is exhausting. I mean, the only blessing in the situation we find ourselves in right now in, in, in this context is that uh, the clock is very short. So there's only so many days to cram so many debates in, because when you look at a normal mayoral election cycle, they have hundreds of and hundreds of requests and demands from all kinds of different ratepayer groups and and uh, and specifically focused organizations saying come and debate about this niche area we want to hear your thoughts on this specifically and it's way too much so there aren't as many this time around but i think there are still too many and i i think the the issues that are going to be examined in some of these the arts very important scarborough very important but to have a whole event focused just on those, I, I, I think, takes everything way too far into the weeds. There needs to be fewer and, and a more uh, fulsome picture at, at each one of them. And Tamara, I think Lindsay's absolutely right that debates become clippable. So either you have this great moment where you nail somebody to the floor and you're going to clip that, or somebody's going to clip an opponent of theirs screwing it up. And then so you take a two hour or 90 minute debate and it comes down to 30 seconds on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. And but but that is why these debates are still relevant, John, because, you know, look at the last mayoral um, candidate debate. We were talking about it for days after it happened, pulling clips. And this is how this person said this. And now let's go find the guy that lives in uh, Brad Bradford's basement and on and on it went. So I do think that that they are still relevant. But um, and, and I also think that there is still an opportunity during these de very niche debates to get some of those broad arguments out there. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what we're talking about in the days to come after these three back to back debates. I had forgotten about the guy in Brad Bradford's basement, but it does seem how dare you? It does seem oh, oh. he is represented as some sort of a bridge troll when he's just a guy with a basement apartment. But anyway, <laughs> advocates, teacher unions call for free school breakfast and lunch in Ontario schools. And Bob Reed, I'll start with you again on this one. Um, I've had a lot of people say to me today when I said, "Why can't we means test this?" And they said, oh, because then you're going to identify who the poor kids are. Surely there's a way to do it, like you means test, and then parents, some of them have to pay for tickets and others get them for free. I mean, I'm sure there's a way we can do this without kids at, you know, some private school somewhere getting a free breakfast. I am full four square behind you on that, John. This is this is the problem with this. Okay, there's a problem here. There's a challenge. There there are some kids who are going hungry, and we need to address that. And inevitably, the response is something that is universal, that is right across the board, so nobody gets singled out. Well, they don't all need it. And, and and it's very easy for these advocacy groups to say, let's throw other people's money at that and come up with a universal blanket program that will ensure nobody falls through the cracks. There are other ways to do that through a means test, through some other method that will get help 
targeted to the families who need it, to the kids who need it, without becoming a universal albatross. Okay, we're at a racetrack, so my thanks to you, and hey... Um well, first of all, good discussion and full credit to the people who are a part of it. Bob Reed, Lindsay Broadhead, and Tamara Cherry. Uh, also would once again reiterate the fact that the leader of the opposition, and essentially a prime minister in waiting, is going to be on Jerry Agar's show for a full half hour. And as I said to Jerry, you know, I've, I've done those interviews where they say the leader will speak with you from, you know, 11.35 to 11.45, and then the leader just blathers on and on and on. You never get to anything because you can't do a follow-up. But when you have to sit in the room during traffic and a commercial break and you come back for another segment, which he's going to do, that's where you get your re-asks. That's where you can chase them around the table with a stick. So it should be interesting radio. Um, we'll talk tomorrow.